Welcome to Pharmacy View Podcast, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key industry people within Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In this stream of podcast episodes, we discuss aspects of pharmacy career, resources and training, and how each area interacts with guest current role or pharmacy-related business. I'm your host, Kavita Nadan, pharmacist founder from Locomate, and my guest today is proudly brought to you by Shopfront Solutions for all of your shelf and digital marketing needs, part of the Arion Technologies Group. Honestly, like I can generally attest to Blacktown being the most multicultural area I've ever worked in. And it's honestly, it's beautiful. Like the, you see different types of cultures on display, clothing displays, you know, uh, like a uh, cultural and religious sort of backgrounds all melding into one little area. It's beautiful. Um, but with that, yeah, you need to be really sort of, um, uh, geographically or rather geometrically spatially aware <laughs> of your surroundings and how to approach certain people and how to approach them in terms of language, in terms of body ma- uh, mannerisms, in terms of eye contact as well. Some people are for it, some people are against it. So it just depends on where they're from. So it's really more of sort of adapting and sort of learning about your community and learning where you are. Like, like you said, like that community rural aspect is beautiful, by the way. Like the fact that they bring you like baked goods is absolutely adorable. I love that. Um, so yeah, look, uh, I think in Blacktown, we do get like the occasional goodie here and there, but we're not like that though. <laughs> but, like, but I think, yeah, it's definitely about adapting, definitely. So, and like getting them to feel like you're on their side, which we are, like we're, we're them, we're their, um, we're their, che- their cheerleader, we're their healthcare cheerleader, essentially. We're trying to cheer them on the right path and sort of uh, make sure they're on the straight path. Happy New Year, my wonderful listeners. Can I just say that now, even though we're in February, anyway, my goodness, time is flying by. It's been a while since I've done a podcast, but I'm so glad to be back to recording again. And a really awesome way to start off the new year is with a very exciting guest. I've got Gus Al-Assad. I hope I'm saying your name correctly, Gus. Yes, yes, very good. (laughs) He's a founder at Pharmacy Down Under and currently working as a PIC as well. Um, So a lot of stuff going on. Welcome to the podcast, Gus. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I know all the hard work you guys do with the um, Pharmacy View podcast. It's a great, great show. So I'm happy to be a part of it. Amazing. Cool. So as you might know, I do always ask my guests a icebreaker question. Today for you, I just want to know what's your favorite travel destination and why? Well, it's a very good question, actually. And you know that my personal favorite travel destination always be uh, Malaysia. That place has been like a second home to me. Uh, I've been there a few times in the past and I'm overdue for a third visit, to be honest. Uh, just the culture, just the people there, just the, the environment, the food. It's just, it's just so homely and so wholesome. Uh, it's definitely something I recommend for everyone. If you're interested in like Southeast Asia or just traveling somewhere not too far from Australia, Malaysia is definitely something to consider for sure. It's just something, something that's very unique in that region, for sure. A lot of good memories uh, there. I know, and I think I've been there a couple of times because usually, you know, you stop over sometimes when you're going to somewhere else, and I just love it. It's it's so buzzing even at night time. You can get mm. out at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and people are out yeah. and about, and the food is amazing. Um, yeah. So I 100% agree with you. It's, it's a fantastic yeah. place to go, and you feel very safe as well. Yeah, exactly right. right. Like you feel like you're a, a resident, more or less, with them. Mm. Yeah, you don't feel like a tourist. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. So, Gus, if we were to make a movie about you, Hollywood Blockbuster, what would oh, be the okay. title? What would be the title of your okay. movie? <laughs> All right, that's a great question. You're putting me on the spot now. Oh, look, um, <laughs> well, ba- honestly, based off my like uh, pharmacy sort of career so far, I honestly. 
the best way I could say would be something maybe outside of the dispensary, maybe like beyond the dispensary or something like that. It's just that um, I think uh, my mindset has changed so much over the last five years of what I initially thought pharmacy was to what pharmacy really is and what that involves. It's changed completely. So like I remember when I first started, I was just thinking, you know, pharmacy, just, you know, dispensing computers and like, you know, labeling and things like that. But then and thankfully over the last couple of years, I've really noticed that there's so much more to pharmacy. There's a lot more to pharmacy than just dispensing and labeling and, you know, have, you know, have saying hi to people and buy. It's, just, it's a bit more than that. It's, um, it's a lot more than that, actually. So, yeah, I'll definitely say maybe beyond the, the dispensary or beyond the pharmacy or something like that. That's pretty cool. I like that. It's quite catchy as well. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Coming out 2024. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Everybody, you heard it first here. Um, <laughs> so tell me about your journey, though. Like, you know, whether it be through your childhood, um, getting into pharmacy and to now. Tell us mm. all the good bits, bad bits, all of it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting story, to be honest, because the thing is, it all started like when I was quite young and, you know, a lot of my family, extended family, were involved in the healthcare industry in some capacity. So whether it be dentistry or pharmacy or medicine, um, in that realm, there was always at least two or three people from different chains of my family tree that were all part of it. Um, and I was very fortunate as well. My first cousin was a pharmacist as well. And she was really my mentor, so to speak, throughout my whole sort of journey in pharmacy. And she was really the one that really pushed me to go into pharmacy. So I think that was really the main influence. And the fact that she was so accommodating and it was actually such a really amazing representation of what a pharmacist is, it really sort of inspired me to sort of follow in her footsteps for sure. Um, but then later on, you know, after HC it was all done and dusted, uh, I was straight into uni and just doing a Bachelor of Pharmacy 2014. That was a really, really good opportunity for me because I was able to meet a lot of people that I never would have met otherwise and still good friends with to this day and still sort of work with to this day as well. So that was a really, really unique experience. Now, after I'd finished that, that was, I think that was like in 20, well, almost six years ago at this point. So I'm showing my age now. <laughs> so essentially, um, now I did my internship then after that, did that in a big box pharmacy over in Liverpool um, for really quite an interesting experience, I'll be honest. It was a um, good experience. I made a lot of really, really good friends there. And honestly, I learned a lot about what it takes to run a pharmacy from start to finish. So I've learned a lot about not just the services side of things, which was great, but I also learned a lot of things a lot of interns wouldn't would normally see, which is the sort of the admin side of things, the business side of things, the sort of uh, the day-to-day sort of procedures that you need to get your head around and, and sort of the standard they need to keep in order to keep the pharmacy up, up float more or less and not under. So I think that was a really, really um, unique experience, I'd say, for sure. Um, and then after the internship, I sort of split away and then I've moved over to now the pharmacy that I'm in now. And in between, I'd worked at, you know, a few 24-hour pharmacies and a few other late-night chemists as well. Um, and then now sort of settled in Blacktown at the moment. Um, and this is where sort of I felt off sort of flourished the most, I'll be honest with you. So I've, I've really, really enjoyed Blacktown a lot. It's been a really good experience there and uh, I've really, you know, made a really good, strong connection, not just with my colleagues, but, you know, actual proper connections with the patients and the community at large. So much so that you sort of, it's kind of a weird sort of feeling, but like, you know, when you go on your lunch break and you see regular customers outside the shop and they say hi and they know you straight away by face, you don't need to be wearing a white coat to be recognized and they know, you know, your role in their health and their role in their community for them personally. So it's a very, very unique experience and I'm so grateful for it, 100%. It's been a game changing. 
Amazing. And I think what I got from that, like you having that, you know, environment where you could learn in your internship mm. and more mm. than just that dispensing aspect, but actually learning the business side of it, learning the, the stuff that we don't typically get taught. Um, yeah. That's amazing. And that probably has built up a base for you to then go out and be so comfortable and confident in your new role as, you know, in Blacktown, uh, yeah. because not a lot of, people get that opportunity, do they? Like that really hands-on approach to learning the other side of the business or the other side of yes. the, the, the dispensary, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Correct. hundred percent. So like, I honestly noticed that a lot, especially um, I was really, really fortunate to have like an internship that was really supportive in the sense that I had a lot of really good pharmacists that were with me and sort of molding me and sort of pushing me through and trying to gear me into the right direction, um, which was really fantastic. And they, what I was really thankful for was that even though the pharmacist was very busy, I was very fortunate enough to have time allocated or even just, you know, uh, just instructions and guidance and training and quizzes throughout my work shifts as an intern, which is like something you honestly can't really say is oftenly done in pharmacy in terms of interns. Um, so I was really, really fortunate for that. I'm very blessed for that, to be honest. Um, and I think those pharmacists that sort of were guiding me throughout all the maybe two or three pharmacies that I was working in until now uh, have really been instrumental in terms of really getting me in the mindset of where I am now and, really sort of give me the reason why I've started this whole pharmacy down under sort of situation uh, just to help fill that void that I feel like is still pretty there at the moment. Great segue. Now let's learn a little bit more about pharmacy down under. Now, for me, Mike, when I first came across your profile and, you know, we decided to do the podcast, I didn't really do the research because I wanted to hear it from you directly and for all of our listeners as well in the industry yeah. to get to know it. So yeah. with the experiences that you've had, they've obviously motivated you to start this project. Um, mm. Tell us about it. What, what, yeah, what yeah. first motivated you and then what it actually is? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the whole sort of reason, like the whole genesis of the idea or like the idea of Pharmacy Down Under or PDU essentially is um, uh, I've seen so many of my classmates or I've seen so many of students after me or even before me as well come directly to me and ask for help. And like, I don't, might not even be working with them or I might not be working in the same you know, ITP program at all. So like, I, have, I don't have any context to how they're studying or how they're learning or if they're learning at all. Um, and then they're asking for help and they're asking very basic things, things that you know normally you should be able to experience in a day to day. So I was, um, I felt like, I felt not, I felt disheartened for them, so to speak. Cause like, I was very fortunate to have the ability to have that support connect, like network and connections in my internships, so I was thinking, look, I understand that pharmacies are busy and I understand that, you know, you know, we, you might organize a time with a certain pharmacist or your preceptor, for example, or the pharmacy owner, just to organize time to be a practice or revision, or maybe you want to ask questions about the business or ask questions about pharmacy in general. And look, I'm sure they can find the time and I'm, they would love to help you, but like, you know, life is life. And I'm sure we know over the last few years, you know, life can change very, very quickly with pandemics and such. So, um, so anything's up in the air when it comes to time. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I don't, it's not, it's not anyone's fault, so to speak. It's just that I understand there's a reason why it's not really a practical sort of situation to always constantly sort of, um, sit your preceptor down and interrogate them and ask them questions and things like that, where they probably have 16,000 things going on. So that's what I'm like, okay, we need something. We need like a community or some sort. Like it worked really well for medicine. I know a lot of my medicine friends have the same sort of idea but more for like uh, medicine training exams and things like that where they have a community that courses that are like usually just community run, community driven. 
Um, so they're not like uh, profit based or anything like that. So essentially the whole goal is just to be a crowdsourcing sort of pharmacy internship, sort of a, a older brother, older sibling approach where you have like someone that's already been through it, already done everything. And then they're passing on the knowledge and just giving out just tips and breaking down sort of the AMH, for example, or things like that as well, just to sort of make things a bit easier, especially for these new generation of kids, oh, kids, new generation of interns coming through adults uh, that are going to become now pharmacists in the next couple of years. So it's just building that. And then as soon as that, I thought, you know, if I can make it in a community that I can make a difference and sort of really have an impact on this next generation of interns and pharmacists coming through, then I thought, okay, well, better way to do it than through either, you know, the most common social media platforms. I started on LinkedIn and I'm slowly, you know, branch, branching out to YouTube now. Brilliant. I mean, social yeah. media is the go, right? It's yeah. the yeah. best way to reach your audience and especially, you want to call them kids, uh, young adults yeah. <laughs> who yeah. uh, tend to embrace social media and technology. Yeah. I, I feel that that's a good way to engage them as well. So from what it sounds like, you're building this community because, you know, I've had a lot of interns come through my pharmacy and I'm sure you have as well. Mm. And one thing, you know, yes, they get that, coursework and the theoretical um, component of it. But what they miss out on is that social aspect in the sense of having somebody who understands what they're going through. And I yeah. can totally relate, guys, that, you know, we've been through it, but we're a few more years further ahead. And as much as we yeah. can support them, we still don't feel what they're feeling at that moment in time, which is that intense yeah. pressure, that belief that this is the year, make or break mm. year. And yeah. if I don't do it, that's it. My life is over. And you just yeah. have to, that reassurance, I feel, yeah. getting <laughs> that big brother mentality, you know, um, yes. of it's okay. Like, let's do this, breathe. Mm. And you know, you've got all the resources available. I feel that that's, that's one thing that has been missing. And I agree yeah, with you. Correct, so, correct. I definitely feel like, uh, especially COVID did make a huge, had a huge impact on the generation or the farms that come out during COVID and post COVID. I just saw it myself. I'm like, okay, something's not right here. Like, I, I feel like, uh, it's no fault to anyone like ITPs. They're doing their job fantastically, but it's just, um, with what they had in terms of COVID and online learning, et cetera. But I feel like with COVID and with some pharmacies, including our pharmacy at one point, were doing door service where no one was in the pharmacy, there was no actual physical interaction whatsoever. Um, emotions were high, tensions were high. Compassion wasn't really part of the equation at that point, I feel. So I think it was more about getting people in and out safely without getting COVID. That was our mindset back in the day. So um, I think um, I'm glad it's over. I'm ho so happy it's over. Um, and I'm glad that now we can start fresh, maybe start on like in a blank slate and say, look, you know, all the random variables of the corona, et cetera, and lockdown are out of the way. So now we can sort of really plant our seeds now and sort of grow and make a proper sort of system in place that can be used from now on for generations to come, hopefully. So that's the that's the, the main benefit of starting it now, particularly as well. I love that, like planting the seed and, and getting them to grow. Like that's literally what you're doing and it's fantastic. Mm. And I feel, I feel that COVID, you know, even for us who've been in the, in the retail sector or the community pharmacy sector for a long time, interacting with patients day to day yeah. I feel like COVID flipped everything on its head for us who've, who've had that mm. experience so you know that new generation of pharmacists young pharmacists coming through they're just kind of in this state of what's important what's not what level of customer service I guess we yeah. provide versus you know what we can and and just bringing it back to basics is so important yeah. correct, um, correct. it's affected everybody right so even for someone like us who got yeah. experience and experienced pharmacists 
this sort of level of support could also be quite beneficial in that sense. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah. A hundred percent. I agree for sure. Like I feel like it's um, a lot of the sort of students and the interns and even the placement students I've seen um, over the last sort of few weeks, it's just um, they, uh, they're, they're really knowledgeable content wise. That's fantastic. And that's a really good thing. Um, but the thing is uh, in the community setting, I feel like it, it's good. You can, it, it's real skill of community. Sorry, is, is to be uh, your communication skills need to be to a level where you can balance out the high level sort of a clinical thinking, clinical terminology and jargon and, and mindset with a just a regular delivery of information to, you know, John and Jane on the street in order to get them to understand their health better. So I think um, that's the biggest difficulty that I feel like a lot of students are suffering with. They don't know how to get their words together, so to speak, and translate the AMH into like just regular community talk. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's something that we're definitely going to try and work on for sure, hopefully. Yeah, you know, what I found uh, just as a uh, reflection piece is that when I first registered as pharmacist, I went and worked regional. And it's amazing mm. the difference in the level of um, connection you have with your patients in a, in a regional rural setting because yeah. you're like their best friend. Like for that yeah. day, like, you know, they know you, they'll bring you vegetables, they'll cook something, bake cakes. And it's a total different, but you learn to have a different level of connection, I feel, yeah. than you would in a busy kind of more metro uh you know pharmacy but it's kind of like you need to bring that back into because every patient who comes through the door wants to feel like that they are the most important patient that you are dealing yeah. with on that day Correct. right Correct. and i agree Correct. with Absolutely. you i feel the amh um yes the knowledge is always there but it's not about spouting back facts it's about turning that into saying Hey, Mrs. Smith. Oh, how's how's your dog? I heard it was, you know, sick or unwell, and then just letting you know about these antibiotics and just that level of banter and connection, and knowing sure. how to change it to build rapport for your for your patients as well, right? One hundred percent agree. One hundred percent agree. Like especially because in my area, metro area, Blacktown, there's honestly it's a smorgasbord of nationalities and and, and mm -hmm. cultures, and it's beautiful. I love it. Honestly, like. I can generally attest to Blacktown being the most multicultural area I've ever worked in. And it's honestly, it's beautiful. Like the, you, know, you see different types of cultures on display, clothing displays, you know, uh, like a uh, cultural and religious sort of backgrounds all melding into one little area. It's beautiful. Um, but with that, yeah, you need to be really sort of um, uh, geographically or rather geometrically spatially aware <laughs> of your surroundings and how to approach certain people and how to approach them in terms of language, in terms of body uh, mannerisms, in terms of eye contact as well. Some people are for it, some people are against it. So it just depends on where they're from. So it's really more of sort of adapting and sort of learning about your community and learning where you are. Like like you said, like that community rural aspect is beautiful, by the way. Like the fact that they bring you like baked goods is absolutely adorable. I love that. Um, so yeah, look, uh, I think in Blacktown, we do get like the occasional goodie here and there, but we're not like that though. <laughs> but, like, but I think, yeah, it's definitely about adapting, definitely. So, and like getting them to feel like you're on their side, which we are, like we're, we're, them, we're, their, um, we're their, che their cheerleader, we're their healthcare cheerleader, essentially. We're trying to cheer them on the right path and sort of uh, make sure they're on the straight path, hopefully. Love that cheerleader, healthcare cheerleader. So starting this, um, you know, company, I, I, what shall we call it, this startup, uh, yeah, Pharmacy sure. Down Under, what have been some of your learnings or challenges that you faced in, in getting this up and running and possibly mm. will continue to learn from? Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, I think it's a, it's a really good question in the sense that it's something that's a little bit different, but similar at the same time to what I'm already doing. Um, so it, it is pharmacy related, which is fantastic. So it's not deviating too far from my, my like specialties. So 
So the only real issue in this case is more, well, not really issue, it's more of a challenge, so to speak, is that it's more of a learning curve in the sense that you need to be able to problem solve at a different level and in a different way that you problem solve in a pharmacy. So when in a pharmacy, it's always about, you know, really, really fast thinking, really good forward thinking as well, and making sure that you're covered, customers covered, and patients taken care of, you know, they have their medications and their situations sorted and you have your dispensary sorted as well. And like, there's, there's always going to be problems in the pharmacy. It's just a matter of, you know, existing. If we, we're going to have staff shortages, someone's called in sick or um, something's broken, the robot dispensing robots are broken. Or for example, there's a doctor that's um, not prescribing something correctly and you need to reach out and make sure they correct it, et cetera. Or a patient's coming in, you know, just a bit fresh injury and you've got to help them do some first aid. You know, there's always something happening. Um, but that's good. That's what we're there for. So like, that's what pharmacy is. But when it comes to the online world, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit slower, to be honest, I think in terms of challenging, in terms of, um, problem solving. So it's not about immediate change. You got to do on the spot. Uh, it's more about planning. It really is about more detailed and more sort of, how do I say, like minute granular planning where you got to sort of sit down literally put pen and paper and write down, okay, look, this is my plan. Um, this is my experience, by the way. This is how I did it. So essentially, I had a plan, so I sat down, pen and paper, I literally write down, okay, look, this is the, this is the ideal problem scenario. So this is the, you know, um, 22-year-old pharmacy intern, uh, just, for example, just finished um, my ITP. I have working in a super busy metro pharmacy. I've barely had any real proper interaction with my preceptor. I have a lot of uh, sort of uh, hesitation with calculations or with the legal aspects or with, um, just communication skills or, for example, like using um, like the texts to infer answers, like, for example, using the AMH or the ETG to find a solution to a problem-solving question. So that's the ideal situation for, well, not really, but the ideal problem situation that I'm trying to fix. So, like, the problem I'm trying to solve. And then what I write next to it, like, how would I do something online to benefit that student specifically? So then, for example, it would be the online newsletter with the weekly like, supply of sort of content and notes and tidbits and even skills that you can enact in the pharmacy doesn't have to be related directly to the internship specifically, but pharmacy as a whole. So most recently, I, for example, uh, we published the um, the one about the NIP. So it was a really good idea, especially it's very timely around this time of year where the NIP is sort of going to be our, our catapult into sort of extended scope of practice, which is what we want. Um, so just trying to get the pharmacy interns and even ECPs, like early career pharmacists, get them involved, get them aware of what's happening and make sure they maybe try and make a change. But then after that, for me, the next challenge would have been, how do I sort of formulate it in an online platform that's consumable and it's easy and it's like portable. So I could have done a few different things. I could have done an Instagram, could have done a TikTok, could have done like, um, like an online course, so to speak. Uh, look, to be honest, I didn't I pretty much eliminate the idea of an online course just because it's, um, it's not feasible to do something that is going to cost money, I'll be honest, especially with, Things that, the way that things are at the moment and with the cost of ITPs and just the cost of living in general, I think it's probably unreasonable to ask that of intern. Um, so I thought maybe we'll never get something that's more easily accessible and it's regular content that's free. So I've landed on social media and YouTube together. So it's be the newsletter, LinkedIn, that's usually where all the interns and the pharmacists usually are in terms of discussing pharmacy. You wouldn't really be discussing pharmacy on, on Instagram or TikTok. So normally I've so I shifted over to LinkedIn mainly and then YouTube as well as the main delivery for the content. So it's been a really, really good journey so far and a lot more to come. It's only very early days. Like I said, we're planting the seeds for now. So I'm, um, I'm hoping there's gonna be a lot more changes and a lot more hopefully uh, updates and growth in the next few months to come, especially on YouTube. 
Yeah, perfect. And do you have anybody else in your team or is it just you right now yeah, and yeah. doing it all? Yeah, so it's mainly me at the moment. Like I'm the main sort of content creator at the moment, but then I have, uh, uh, thankfully, I do have the pharmacy student that's working with me in my pharmacy at the moment that's also helping with um, just content creation and, and also helping with formatting some content ideas, especially mainly for the YouTube side of things. But when it comes to the newsletter, it's usually all me for now. So that in itself is a challenge, right? That's time yeah. and juggling. How do you find you managing, like, you know, the role in the pharmacy, especially as PIC, and then also yeah. this, what, what are you doing? <laughs> How are you doing it all? <laughs> I'll tell you what, um, it, it's, it's not easy, I'll be honest. It's actually quite difficult and it's challenging. Um, I knew it was going to be a challenge from the start. Um, I welcomed it, to be honest. I'm like, yeah, look, why not? I need to break the mold. I feel like, um, you know, even, I'm sure you feel it sometimes, like, you know, when you're early on in your career, that you get to a point where you're like, you've acquired all these skills and then you're at a position where you're like, okay, look, I've done everything I can. I've learned everything I possibly could. What's the next jumping point from here? Uh, other than like pharmacy ownership, for example. Um, so you either, you either shift away to a different sort of area of pharmacy or you find something new within that bubble that you're in. So that's the predicament that I was in about maybe two years ago. Um, and then I'm like, okay, something's got to change. Like I need to really put myself in a position of growth and a mindset of growth and development as opposed to a mindset of complacency. Because um, I feel like if you become complacent in any field, it's just downhill from there, to be honest, because your standard of care will just suffer. Um, and then at the end of the day, if your standard of care suffers, ultimately your patient suffers too, really. So it's um, it's quite deep, but it's true. And so I think I, I had to make the change. So I decided to do this um, early on. In terms of practically how to do it, oh, that was a different animal altogether. And that was more of... Um, lists upon lists so I'm a, I'm a very list heavy guy so like, i like to like plan out my whole life in a book so <laughs> i have like daily um, stop points so i have multiple journals going on at once uh, one for each thing so i'm um, essentially just planning out your day in, like uh, incrementally sort of writing down what's the like list of priorities essentially and then how to do the priorities specifically like for example like launching newsletter okay that's a great task but then underneath you'd write you know like a 10-step plan of exactly how you're going to actually do that not just say it so it's um i think it's more about planning for action than like just planning for, for planning sake so i think um that's a really, really important thing and i used to do that unfortunately all the time where i used to make these massive plans and not actually action them but then i think it's like a switch flicked in my head and i'm like okay i think i need to actually make a difference myself so i thought yeah so definitely being someone that is actionable is a really powerful attribute that i've noticed for sure Amazing. And I think that's something a lot of interns could probably take as a very important skill set is, yeah, you know, building these checklists is so important. Like yeah. every time you enter a pharmacy, you have to think about how is your day going to go and what's priority, right? Because we mm -hmm. can get caught up in so many little menial tasks and they may not eventually contribute to your patient's health and well-being. Correct. But Correct. we've got to focus, keep our focus. And that's literally what you're doing right now with your journals yeah. and checklists. And it's like, wow, because I, I think I will take some of that on board. Very bad. It's game changing for me. Like nothing stays in here. I got to put it on piece of paper. Like it just, yeah. it's, it's, if, if I leave it in my brain, I'll just get so bogged up. I won't be able to focus properly. But yeah, I have to do it. I'm like an old man at heart, really. <laughs> no, but it's, it's good that you've identified where you needed to change, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. A habit to ensure that you get the most efficiency, right? Which sometimes we don't take a step back to do that. And we continue Sorry. going and we're like, why is nothing progressing? But this yeah, is yeah, the yeah. reason. Like, it's not 
is where you put it. <laughs> That's it. It's true. Like I feel like sometimes, like it's um, it's some people like even myself. Like we have a bit of ego in us. Where we're like, oh, you know, I'm doing everything right, so to speak. You know, of course, like I'm not doing anything wrong. I don't know what it is. It's definitely not me. But like, let's be honest, like if you, if you step back and, or maybe get, if you have someone that's like a really close friend that really cares for you, they'll tell you, they'll call you out and they'll be like, look, mate, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> so you, I know. You, we all need that. That's right. Everyone who has a close friend, please go to them and ask them for honest advice because I feel like they should give it to you, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Gus, um, being in this new world of, of um, you know, pharmacy down under and, and creating this amazing new platform uh, to be able to reach out to these new young aspiring pharmacists. What, mm. let's say, three pieces of advice would you give to anybody else looking to, you know, change the course of their career or start a new yeah. project? What would they? Yeah, do? absolutely. That's a good question, honestly. And I think it's, a, it's something that we all should be asking ourselves at some point in our careers. Like, like, what am I going to do to break the mold or make a difference in pharmacy? So it doesn't have to be something like grand and like be like, oh, I'm going to become the pharmacy guild president or like I'm going to start my own guild. It's like, no, no, it's like it's it's more about like how, how are you going to make a difference in just in your pharmacy? Like if you're working in a chemist, like what are three things that you want to improve? Like there's always something to improve. It always like I think the main point or the main point out of three here would be having an improve, improvement mindset. That's super important. I think um, if you go into work or you go into life in general, if a mindset of just being settling with what you have, look, that's fine. And it's not a problem. It's not bad, but it's just not really getting the most out of your opportunity. Like we're really fortunate here in Australia to have the pharmacy industry the way it is much better than other countries. And with Medicare as well, it's something that you, it's actually a gold standard of healthcare here. So I think why not try and keep that standard high by constantly, constantly incrementally improving and exponentially providing better service and providing that better healthcare it can be even something small, like even just optimizing a procedure in the dispensary or maybe introducing a new service where it'd be like delivery or it'd be like, um, you know, HMR referral, you know, communicating with doctors and getting HMR referrals and things like that. You know, something small like that can make a huge difference over time. So it's, it's about applied pressure throughout time, not just all at once. So I think um, that's really, really important. The second thing I think would be really important too for all pharmacists or even interns and students from today, I think it's um, the concept of delayed gratification is a huge thing i think um what that essentially means is you know in the world we're in now is all about instant gratification where you're instantly rewarded instantly you know given the uh, gratification approval you know um compliments etc or we crave it almost almost sort of hardwired in our brains now where we need to get someone or we need something to physically tell us we did well for us to progress uh, it's not about our goal is just about what other people think of us, really. That's, that's the mindset, unfortunately, now. All we need to do is that we need to switch that from seeking people's approval rather than seeking your, your own approval but over time, like the time frame of like we're talking about a couple months, a couple years. Because what you want to be doing is that you want to be, like I said earlier just before this podcast, that you want to plant the seeds in now and not look for any, any sort of roots or any shrubs to grow now. We're going to wait at least a couple months and let them grow, let them sort of uh, strengthen themselves, let them form foundations and pillars and trunks, hopefully. So when they grow, they, you know, they're unstoppable, hopefully. So that's the goal. Delayed gratification is something that's really, really powerful. And I think it's something that is better than motivation and it's better than discipline. Because I think um, motivation is sort of a seeking sort of um, someone or seeking a source to inspire you. Whereas delayed gratification is you are inspiring yourself to keep going forward because you know you're not gonna, you're not looking for someone's approval you're looking for your own improvement personal insight so it's very unique. 
Um, now, lastly, the only thing I would really mention that's already been covered in the first two points, but the third point I could say would be um, don't take anything personally. That's probably a really good one. It's a, bit, it's a bit unrelated, but don't take anything personally. So when it comes to feedback, when it, when it comes to, you know, busy time in the pharmacy and you sometimes you see people just not in a good mood, like patient-wise, um, don't take it personally. I've seen so many patients, um, for example, had a bad day. You know, they've, you know, they're coming to the pharmacy because they're unwell. So they're not there to have a chat usually sometimes. Sometimes they are, but sometimes if students or pharmacy interns, they take it to offense. And I've seen it happen a couple of times. You got to pull them to the side and tell them, look, at the end of the day, it's not about, it's not personal. It's the patient probably has a family member that's sick and dying. They might be sick or dying. You know, it's, they're, they're not really in the best mood or to be in the pharmacy surrounded by medications. And I understand that. And our goal as pharmacists is just to help sort of um, pad the pad the fall or cushion the fall, so to speak, and make the environment as comfortable as reasonably possible. Now, of course, you can't win everyone, but we do as best as we can. And look, uh, we, we just uh, take our wins and take our losses and just take it on the chin. It's uh, not a problem. So I just tell that as a more of a motivational thing for some pharmacy interns to not feel downtrodden if they feel like they're uh, not being treated well occasionally. Of course, there's a difference between being rude and being sort of a bit aggressive or like it's different. So like if they're being a bit, you know, a bit snarky or a bit sort of short with you, like that's okay. Just breathe. Don't be upset. Don't take it personally. Don't react. That's very, very important because you'll make things much worse for yourself. Um, just understand that pharmacy is about where the cheerleaders of the patient are. Okay. If they're down, understand there's always a reason. They're not upset at you. There's always something else that's causing this problem and that's why they're here. So you've got to make life more comfortable for them as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Very, yeah. very good points. I love the delayed gratification piece. I think with with it, with the younger generation as well, and look, mm. it even goes to me, like when you do something, you want the results very quickly, right? What, yeah. what is required is actually a lot of patience and a lot of little moving parts that require you to get to here. And That's right. it's actually once you get there, that feeling and exhilaration of actually reaching a goal is amazing. If we all That's got it. to this point straight away, there'll be no need to, you know, have that feeling or that excitement and that adrenaline, adrenaline rush sure. you get from achieving something. And I feel That's the it. persistence key is so important and great, great point, I feel, for a sure. lot of a lot of, lot of genera- new generations and older, right, just to be able to go, hey, work hard at something. And then you yeah, feel yeah. The, the fruits. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Like stick to something you're passionate about and then mm-hmm. just focus all your energy into it. And as long as you're passionate about it, then you don't need motivation. You don't need discipline because you're already passionate about it. So as long as you're not looking for instant gratification, that's the most important thing. It makes a huge difference for sure. Absolutely. Well, we're nearing the end of our podcast, Gus, but I do want to close it off with asking you, what are you most excited about in pharmacy in the next two to three years? What do you feel are going to be mm-hmm. some big milestones? Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm sure, you know, like um, your viewers know for sure, like pharmacy is evolving like, really quickly now. And I think we're hitting a point, like it's like we're hitting the precipice of a mountain now where like we're going to, once we get over the edge, it's going to be a whole bunch of things that are going to be coming in our way, which is fantastic. So I know a lot of people in the past, even myself included as a student, I was a bit uh, tumultuous or rather just a little bit hesitant with pharmacy in terms of a lot of doom and gloom back in the day, about like five, 10 years ago, about what pharmacy was doing and where we'll tra- what our trajectory was. But thankfully, I can confidently say now that honestly, like I generally think that there's going to be a huge push and a huge change. And the reason why I'm so confident is because of the whole extended scope of practice idea. So that's a, just the first step into really evolving what the role of the pharmacist is. It started off the UTI trial, now the contraceptive pill trial, and now the NIP vaccine, which is a game changer. Honestly, it's huge. 
And the next step from here would be like, uh, hopefully a little bit more prescribing rights, for example, a little bit more service accessibility um, to lay off the burden of GPs and medical centers and emergency rooms um, and bring them into the pharmacy. So I think that'll be, because we are already the center of the community already. So it's, it's already a given. So why not give the, the center of the community some actual community actionable sort of tasks and actionable services that can really help contribute um, instead of clogging up, you know, emergency rooms. So that's a, um, that's a huge, huge thing that I'm really looking forward to. And um, so other than that, though, I do see that the, the whole paradigm of pharmacy is shifting towards more service and um, shifting towards more not being a dispensary technician, which is not your job. Your job is to be the pharmacist there. So you're the health professional, the medicine expert. So being out there at the front, being at the front, you know, scripts in, scripts out on the floor, talking to people, you know, problem solving, doing the services you need. So that's the second thing that I think is really, really cool about pharmacy in general. Our whole shift in mindset is huge. Like I remember we used to be like back in the big box pharmacies that I used to be at. It always used to be about just dispensing script numbers, you know, getting people in and out like a vending machine, so to speak. Um, but now I think even they are sort of shifting their mentality to, to more services like heavy related just because of obviously a 60 day dispensing and all these other things like that. So I don't think script numbers are something to be relied on anymore. Um, other than just a metric of like growth. But um, I think it's really important just to use the pharmacy as a surrogate to be like center of service pretty much. So like people can come in and can get help and get out and take care of themselves and know that they've been taken care of without waiting eight, 10 hours in the emergency room or paying for bulk billing and things like that. Like it's, so there's a lot of things changing. So I think pharmacy is going to definitely fill the void very, very soon. Absolutely. And I think it's imperative now for going back to those basics we were talking about with pharmacy down mm. and getting people ready to be able to base, go back to that traditional level of care. Right. Um, mm. But with the ability to have so much more in terms of scope of practice that we can do now, I think it's in a very exciting time for pharmacists. Yeah. Like students, this is where it's, you should be. Yeah. <laughs> pharmacy, you're doing a pharmacy degree. Yeah, yeah, it's Honestly, like they're very fortunate. Like they've, they've uh, doing their internship and they're studying their course now where I think pharmacy is going to go through a whole transformation in the next like five years probably. And yeah. they're going to be there to witness it, which is great. Yep. Yeah, very, very cool. Very exciting. Thank you so much, Gus. Um, it has so been so fun. I think I could have spoken to you for another hour or so. It's been really, really insightful. And I've loved some of those words of wisdom you've shared with us today. Um, so, Thanks so much. That's okay for all of our listeners. Please hit up Gus on LinkedIn um, and YouTube, yes. and we'll share all the details, all the links out to your Fantastic. social media channels thank because so I feel like everybody needs to be a part of this and get onto it. So thank you, Gus, and um, we'll catch up with you soon and maybe get an update from you in a, in a few months' time. Yeah, beautiful. Sounds good. No, honestly, like thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was a really great chat. Like honestly, like you said, going for ages. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, definitely we should check in for sure. Awesome. Thanks, Gus. All right, take you. See you. Yeah, bye. Thanks for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment if you found this episode of value or have feedback. Podcast episodes are promoted through social media, LinkedIn, YouTube, and major podcast mediums. And each episode can be found on the Pharmacy View webpage with links to the guest contact and business details. If you're a pharmacist or industry support supplier and would like to join us on an episode, send us a message through LinkedIn or complete the inquiry form on the Pharmacy View webpage. I'm your host, Kavita Nadan, pharmacist founder from Locomate, and thanks again for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast.